Alright guys, before we jump into this week's episode, we wanted to take some time to recognize some of our valuable listeners that have left us awesome reviews on iTunes. So Brooke, what do you got this week? Okay, this week we have B0729, so shout out, thanks for the review. This says, Growth Mindset. If you're looking for self-improvement guidance and a laugh all at the same time, then Witty and Gritty is for you. Such amazing insight from the hosts and their amazing guest speakers. You will laugh, cry, and grow alongside Brooke and Farron. Thank you, Witty and Gritty, for helping us see and harness our given gifts. Man, these reviews really give us life. We enjoy doing this podcast, and we give our time and energy and soul into it, so... If you guys don't mind and you like what we're doing, leave us an iTunes review at your earliest convenience. Yep. All you got to do is go to the iTunes app on your phone, type in Witty and Gritty Podcast, scroll all the way down, and then you can click five stars and you can type your name in and leave a review. And who knows? Maybe we'll read your review next time. Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Farron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Get your mind right. And enjoy this time designed just for you. Welcome to episode 75. This is our part two of our interview with Callie Ammons, a life coach Enneagram expert. Yes, and she is teaching us all about the three different subtypes for each Enneagram number. And so just a review from last week. If you missed it, be sure you go check out our first episode in this interview series. Um, But the first one is social subtype. The other one is one-to-one subtype. And the third is self preservation subtype. I like how, and again, go back to episode 74 to hear that, but she recaps what a social subtype walks into a party and looks like, dot, dot, dot. Or when a one-to-one subtype walks into a room, this is what they're thinking. So she'll go through what each of those look like. So again, if you're confused on what the subtypes mean, episode 74 is where we're going to point you. And now we're going to go on to episode 75, part two interview with Callie Ammons, Enneagram two, three, and four. So the type two, gosh, and this is just so cool to think about like such a social um, person, like as a type two, they're just social beings. And it's interesting when you look at the social, like on top of the social person. (laughs) So a type two self-preservation is called privilege. And this individual is a lot more youthful. So what we actually see is them being like playful. They really want to connect with people, but for the sake of creating a safe environment. And so if you think of the motivation of a two, they feel safe when they're loved and when they're wanted, right? So they're trying to create that environment of safety and security for themselves. Um, And they really fear rejection from other people. And so what we're going to see is this individual is going to try to cover that up a lot and they're going to put their energy towards that. So the social type two is called ambition. 
And this one is actually the most adult-like out of the subtypes for the type two. So they're a little bit more mature. You're not going to see this playful, youthful side. But what they're going to do is they're going to assert themselves in this authoritative kind of professional way in order to win the respect of whatever authority they're trying to win respect of. Um, they generally have a lot of friends. So I just, I think of type twos in general, I'm like, they already have a lot of friends. So a social type two, it's like, they have a hundred friends, <laughs> um, but really they care about connections and they spend a lot of their energy and time making connections with people because they want to be socially accepted, but also have this social connection with people. I actually think of my, um, one of my in-laws, they, I believe are a social type too. They have not told me that they believe they're too, but we haven't gotten into their subtypes. And I think of how many people they know, like the contacts in their phone. And I'm just like, you need like a full-time job with like connecting people. <laughs> like it's a skill. Oh man. Okay. So the one-to-one type two is called the aggression. And what this, this type really focuses on is intense conversations that make them feel connected. And these type twos can actually be mistaken for eights at times. So we know that when twos are healthy or unhealthy, they actually connect to the type eight and pull some of those natural tendencies from them. And so when you add the one-to-one subtype on top of the type two, it's, it really is this more intense person where they're like so sweet, but then all of a sudden they say something blunt and you're like, holy smokes, like where did that come from? But what it is, is they're, they're striving to assert themselves in a way that make people feel safe, that see them as like, wow, this person's so respected. Um, And something that's interesting with a one-to-one too is we also see that they care about physical appearance more. And so they put a lot of energy literally into like working out, making sure they look good and they care about clothes. So that is the type two. Very interesting. Like twos are like a conundrum to me. I don't understand why you want to help people so much. So this is helpful. <laughs> Learning everything about them. Yeah. Yes, is a two. And the youthful side, I'm trying to differentiate like, is it truly him? Or because I see him around like my kids and he can like drop down to their level. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. There's, I've had a lot of type twos in my life from like friends. My mom is a type two. Um, A lot of my in-laws are type twos. And it's so fascinating just watching the difference of it. But it's like, it goes back to that motivation. I think of truly wanting to be wanted and loved. Like you see that play out in whatever different behavior they're acting in. It's like, I notice if I just validate that, like tell my mom, like, I really want your advice. I really want your opinion. It's like, she's all ears. But if I don't validate those things, it, you can see that challenge where it's like, they're striving to hear that or get that from you, which is so fascinating. There to think about, that's really good. My dad's been listening and he's again, a two. And so (laughs) this last week I was with him and he said, I just want you to tell me that you're loving it and having fun. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're communicating. Okay. 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 I'm having a great time. I missed that one. I'm sorry. (laughs) Just so funny. It's, I, I wing to it too. So I do connect with different parts of it. I think I used to play more into my two wing growing up. Um, like I've definitely been like trying to practice my four wing and actually really grow in that side. But yeah, it's interesting just combining like that deep desire to be wanted and loved. And then on top of wanting to be successful as a three and it's like charming people. It can be dangerous. It's creepy. Like I'm like, Oh my gosh, Lord reveal my deception to me so I can be like genuine with people. That's a really good prayer for a three. Oh, yeah. I need it daily. It's good. Um, really humbling when he reveals things to you. But that's a part of growth, right? Like sometimes it's painful. Uh-huh. 
Okay. So the type three self-preservation, this is my type. And I'm actually going to share a quick story because I was, I was like struggling to figure out if I was a social or self-preservation just this past summer. So I'd been like teaching these things, but I'm like, I still was like really battling with mine. And Kramer and I were actually flying to Colorado to pray and like just decide if we wanted to move here. And on our flight, we had like a few connecting flights and I was like so concerned the whole time with, will I have enough time to go to the bathroom? Where are we going to get food? Will I have enough time to sit and eat? And I want to be early to get on the plane. Like I hate being rushed. I'm not going to run through the airport. And I literally was like Googling on my phone, like the maps of the airports we were like going to. And I like had everything planned out in like the time schedule and was like telling Kramer, like we have five minutes to get here. We have five minutes to do this. And he's like, good Lord. But it made me laugh because during that trip, I was like reading one of my Enneagram books just kind of like reviewing for a client call that I had coming up. And I was like, that is so obvious. I am such a self-preservation because I could care less about like, that sounds terrible. I couldn't care less about the people around me. I cared about the people, but that wasn't my focus or attention. Right. Like I was so focused on the environment. And then after that time, it was like, I noticed like daily how that is just like subconsciously my focus, which also like for everyone listening, give yourself grace and time to figure this out because it does take a while to just like reflect on yourself. We naturally have just lived this way forever. And so it can take time to get to know yourself to be like, oh, that's not how everyone thinks. Like, I guess that's different. So self-preservation three. I've been really surprised just how many people that we run into and ask and talk about Enneagram think that they should just automatically know themselves that well. But when they actually stop to do it, they're like, I don't know like what I do. I know what I do, but I don't know the why. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people aren't, it's hard to take time for yourself for any or whatever, especially in our life phase right now, but to even like go deeper and be like, okay, why do I do the things that I'm doing? Yeah. <laughs> so I think you exactly right. People are just now realizing, okay, I can do this. It just takes active practice. And I don't think our listeners have heard take, it takes time. And oh, if it's taking sure. any time, you're normal. Like, yes. yeah. Congratulations, yeah. you're normal. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like if you find it too fast, like <laughs> we might need to dig into that. No, it really, it's like when you think about getting married, like you take time to get to know the person before you get married to them. And it sounds weird, but it's like that with ourselves. It's like a relationship with ourselves that it takes time to get to know ourselves, And it is kind of easy to check out when it's like, well, why do I do these things? It's like, I don't know. I just do it. (laughs) But actually trying to figure it out, it's, it takes tough work. Okay. Type three, self-preservation. So I just kind of shared that story with me. So that's in general, how type threes will think is they really, they really want to perfect and model their environments, um, similar to a type one. And so they're going to focus on those routines. They're going to focus on, um, maybe being a workaholic if they feel like that's going to create a safe space for them, like security, they're, they're going to put all of their energy towards the things that make them feel safe and secure based on their like literal physical environments. Um, and that's what they're going to be thinking about. And their type threes in general are very cautious of their image. And so like when I mentioned before walking into a room and there not being like a chair for me to sit, I'm totally like stressing out about that if that happens. Cause it's like, oh my gosh, what if I look weird? I don't have a place to sit. Like what are people thinking? So that's more so the self-preservation three. Um, and that one, that one's called security. So the social three, this is prestige. And 
this is like threes already care about being successful in everything, right? And looking good. So this is again, like leveling it up where they're going to focus on achieving and looking good and getting their to-do list done in front of people. So you're going to hear a lot of bragging, a lot of accomplishments, like what I did. Um, And of course, all these things I'm sharing about all the subtypes, like there's some unhealthy aspects to this. This isn't always a good thing. This is what our default is, which can be hard to look at. But when we identify it, then we can grow from it. Um, we also see that they're going to be more fearful. A social three is really fearful of like their appearance and like how they look, how they're perceived. And so they can be really sensitive. If someone says something harsh or gives them feedback, you can see this defensive nature because it's like, oh my gosh, I just failed socially, even though they didn't, that's what they're thinking subconsciously. Do you guys know type threes? Like, do you have a lot of type threes in your life? Yes. Okay. It's the workaholic self-preservation, like in his working, like that he's not only preserving himself, but us. And I'm like, but just be here with us Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind of thing. And so, you know, he's getting better about that, but um, not so (laughs) if you saw him, it's not the close perception kind of thing. It's more the knowledge of wanting knowledge and prestige in that way like he's got his wheelhouse and he's proud of that knowledge and so that's what he likes to protect but more so this uh security yeah Yeah. that and clearly I relate with that too it's really interesting because it's like a three well we're about to look at the one-to-one three they care a lot about image like even more so like actual clothes like behind the things that make them look the best but I'm curious if your husband too feels more successful by like taking care of you guys by working so much. Like there was a point where Kramer, my husband was annoyed at how much I was working. And I literally was like, but I'm doing this like for us. And he's like, I don't want this. Like I didn't ask for this. And it was so humbling for me to realize like I was creating this false sense of security for myself. And I just thought subconsciously that's what Kramer wanted me to do. But he was like, no, like I want you present with me but it was so easy to bury myself in my work. Cause I love it. I'm like, well, it's fun. I'll just do it 12, 15 hours a day. Yeah. Exactly. Do you know my husband? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So, okay. So the one-to-one three, this is masculinity is the name and this subtype, like I just mentioned, really cares about physical appearance. So um, I think of one of my clients I'm coaching, he is a one-to-one three and he really wants to buy a brand new car we got to the root of it specifically to look good. He's like, I don't need it. I don't have the money for it, but I just want people to look at me and think like, wow, he has his crap together essentially. And so that clearly can be an unhealthy theme, but can also be a theme that they, they really do care about excellence in appearance and have an eye for good taste and what yes, themselves look like, but also other people and environments. Um, And they really use that charm, like that level of success of what they look like for the sake of other people. So it's like, if I look professional, then people are going to feel more connected with me, which can kind of be sad because it's like, oh, that's not true all the time. Um, (laughs) But yeah, you're going to see a lot more body image cautious there. And even with like working out, like people who tend to have eating disorders can often be a type one or even like a one to one three because they're so hyper aware of what they look like and how they're perceived from other people. Okay. I'm like, we got to keep getting through these. So time four, (laughs) 
Type four um, self-preservation is um, they, they're they really going to focus a lot on keeping their emotions private and being less dramatic. So they still experience their emotions, like all that crazy, like highs and lows is going on, but they're not going to express it to people. They're very much more private um, and they're going to sacrifice like externally. They're like, well, I don't think other people can handle this. So I'm just going to sacrifice and keep this in for the sake of other people. So again, they're aware of that environment. They're aware of making other people uncomfortable. That's why they do it. And their subtype is called tenacity. So then the social type four, this one is called shame and they really battle with envy. So we know type fours battle with envy, but this is like to a different level where they want to be so socially accepted. They want to have connections with people, but that lie of I'm flawed, something's wrong with me is so loud and prevalent in their life. They really believe that other people were more gifted. They have a better calling than them. And so that creates that spirit of envy deep within them which just makes me sad when they live in that. And it's so cool to see Fords break free of it because they're so unique in their own way. And it's really easy for all of us, no matter what type you are, to get caught up in envy. Um, Just seeing especially different types, like, well, you're more gifted with people or you're more private or whatever it is that we can get caught up in. Um, But it just steals us from being like who God actually created us to be. So the other theme with the social type four is they desire to be set apart from people. So you see that unique side coming out. So the envy is also created because it's like, well, I want to be set apart and look different, but I also want to be socially accepted. So they literally feel a battle within themselves. It's like, I picture like the demon and like the angel on the shoulder, like talking to each other. That's kind of what's going on. It's like, be different, but fit in. And they're hearing that message constantly. The one-to-one type four. So this is competition. And this one can actually be mistyped as a type eight. Um, My little sister is this. And so many people like externally be like, oh, you're a type eight all the time. Because she can be really blunt and intense. Or if she's upset, like you know about it, she tells you. But she is a four. She experiences those four emotions and that core motivation. So what we're going to see is they can tend to be more shameful. They're more competitive. And they're going to be more forceful with their energy. So if they're experiencing intense emotions, they want those around them to experience it as well. So you can really see how different like a self-preservation four compared to a one-to-one four is like almost night and day. The privacy versus like experience this emotion with me. So you have a brother. Who's a four? And which one do you? I have an opinion on what I think he is. But but after hearing that, I think it's kind of like maybe what you're saying with your sister too is like I get to see a different side than one I see than what everyone else sees. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, you you have one most of the time, sometimes, and repressed. It's like there's a couple I could toggle between. Mm-hmm. So those last two for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And exactly what you're saying, like it, he might have certain parts come out if he's like comfortable with you versus like out in public with a random stranger or something. Like I think of my sister, like that learning, she was a one-to-one four. And then just me as like a three self-preservation and thinking of our childhood, we got to play sports my senior year, her freshman year, like in high school. And I just think of like the arguments or the issues we had in like one moment we're best friends. Then the next it's like, oh my gosh, like the whole gym knew we were like about to kill each other (laughs) and it's just so enlightening to see like she felt comfortable with me and like certain things would just agitate her that came out and she felt like she had to release that energy essentially in her she's like I don't know what to do with it so she would kind of freak out um but it makes so much sense to me now versus before when we were growing up I'm like what's wrong with you (laughs) yes is your brother older or younger than you um I'm the oldest of four and he's okay okay 
cool. Oh man. I'm like the Enneagram would have been so helpful in my family, like growing up (laughs) just to understand each other. Um, but it's helpful now. Yes. (laughs) That was amazing. And what I really like from this is how you can really solidify what Enneagram number you are by kind of diving deeper into those subtypes. What's great about the Enneagram is that there's so much overlap between the numbers, but sometimes that can be confusing when trying to identify yourself. But I really think the subtypes help highlight and differentiate between the types. I even like how Callie talks about, oh, and sometimes you mistype as this number. So you might think you're a one, but really a six because you have some commonalities there. So I like how she just addresses that in the episodes. She's given us tons of great information. Can't wait to hear her wrap it up in the third and final Callie Ammons interview series. We help busy Christians get the growth they want by giving them the tools they need. We love providing our Christian-based personal growth podcast to our listeners at no cost. If you are enjoying the content, please consider supporting our mission by donating to our Patreon. We're a small team creating the show for our community by researching, recording, and producing the episodes ourselves. Any amount is greatly appreciated. Your support will help offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you can receive exclusive access. For more details on specific membership tiers, visit our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com forward slash witty and gritty. We've included the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the Witty and Gritty podcast. Join us at wittyandgritty.blog where you can subscribe to our newsletter, check out our blog, and listen to more episodes. We have a Facebook group out there just for you, for discussion, support, and community. And don't forget to get your freebie that's designed just for this mini-series. If you have any questions, reach out. We'll be right there.